0: This episode of Mares in Black is sponsored by Bridal Tree Studios, equine art by Kenzie Williamson, making their Briarfest Artisans Gallery debut in 2021. Find them on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Bridal Tree Studios or at bridaltreestudios.com. The
1: Mares in Black want you to know that we think black lives matter. People of color matter. LGBTIQA lives matter. People with disabilities matter. We think all populations that have been systemically oppressed matter. We hear you. We see you. We know we benefit from these systems, and we want to be better allies. Hey, everybody. This is Heather with the Mirrors of Black. This is podcast number 76, the newscast for the end of June. This is the model horse podcast for hobbyists by hobbyists. I am joined by a very special guest today because Jackie is laid out. So I want everybody to give Katie Niles a warm welcome.
2: Yay! Hey.
1: Katie is uh, one of our patrons and we were going to talk to Katie um, about uh, for our Pride series anyway. So I just asked her to join the whole show so Jackie doesn't have to worry about it. So thanks for joining us, Katie. Yeah, no
3: problem. Thank you.
1: So. Uh, before we go into the show with all the news and stuff, Jackie and I usually do a catch up. So, if there's anything interesting you've done lately? Why don't you let the fan base know? Um, <laughs> she's looking around her house like, "What have I, I done lately?"
4: <laughs> um, uh, I have painted nothing. I have. <laughs> I'm building. <laughs> I did my Briarfest pictures. Um, for, I had. This, I set a out... photo show. Yes for the uh open performance. Nice. Um yeah, so I did that last weekend. So everything's kind of on hi- hiatus so I can take a break and not be chaotic. <laughs> and then, and pack uh, and move. So I got
1: all my photos uploaded except there's one horse I need to take pictures of and I keep procrastinating. And I think it closes tomorrow and I need It to closes tomorrow. It's like got to pay for my freaking stable mate too like everything's just Back burner because I've been like for the last two weeks just packaging prizes for Candyland and shipping them. So,
4: oh, cool. And didn't y'all just move too, or did y'all
1: just close? We bought, no, we bought the house and closed, but we live. It was the whole reason we bought this house. So we wouldn't have to move. Oh,
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. So it's the house you're in. Got it. <laughs> right,
1: right. Nice. Like it was kind of like, what's worse, spending $350,000 or moving? <laughs> That's all that house costs. Do you yeah, want to know but... what my neighbor? <laughs> no. My neighbor well, like, yeah. you're in cal- If we moved into the house we wanted to move into in Denver, it would be $800,000. Yeah. $800, yeah.
3: Yeah.
4: For
1: just, well, just a house, right? Not even anything so exciting there too. Yeah. It's, it's not LA bad, but it's, it's but pretty terrible. Like for context, I bought a house, my first house in Denver in 2011. And it was like, with up and down, it was 1400 square feet. Um, the it wasn't terrible, but uh, we paid this was during the crash, we paid 143 for it. And Damn, that's
3: awesome!
1: Yeah, five years later, when we moved to Texas, which was oh, not sorry. a good idea, um, <laughs> depending on the part for my job, uh, we turned around and sold that, we doubled our money on that house. So that's cool. That's how that's how fast the denver market got out of control Mm. and that was in i want to say that was in 2015 yeah so yeah so now it's that same house is valued that little crappy house in a a, in a not very good neighborhood in east denver is worth four hundred thousand dollars so oh wow yeah yeah so if you start talking about the super desirable areas in denver where if you want anything over two thousand square feet it hovers near a million dollars starter, yeah easy you know gotcha. so gotcha so right now the, the part of the reason this townhouse is a bargain is it's in aurora and nobody wants to live in aurora <laughs>
4: <laughs> gotcha
1: gotcha yeah the
4: townhouse um, i am learning the townhouse is, is a is a good route to go that may be the only thing we'll
1: be able to afford yeah now, this maybe. is the only way we could have gotten in the market yeah for yeah. sure gotcha so we want to thank everybody for all the shout outs and compliments to the show. Jackie is running our social media and she usually shares all of those on, uh, for Instagram. When you tag us, um, as of yesterday, we had no new countries. Um, and on the show, we are continuing the pride series, even though this is going to come out in July. We are, you know, we just like celebrate pride all year long. Pride is forever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> her always um and we'll be talking to katie about um how she identifies how she got in the hobby and just general nonsense um i have one correction last week when we did the interview with um with vincent i got so excited about his liposons i said that i saw the liposons in germany which i did not my parents took me to vienna to see them um we used to go to because this we had two tours of Germany and the second time we lived really kind of close to the Austrian, uh, border. So we would go to like Innsbruck and Salzburg. And one time we went to Vienna and blah, blah, blah. So just wanted to let everyone know I'm not an idiot.
4: (laughs) That was an amazing episode that I thought (sighs) he
1: was so good.
4: That was so cool. Um, and I could picture everything when he was talking, and I only saw the picture like once or twice. I, I was listening to it, and I am by far like I'm an amateur artist, but I, right. I I want to do Best Customs in like two to three years
1: now, and I have yeah. an idea
4: from it because of listening to that show.
1: so would you do performance? Is that kind of Oh yes thing? yeah, for sure he's um I think it's it was interesting to me that that wasn't intended to be best customs. It was just something he wanted to do, which I think, you know, in a way makes it better. It's not this laser focus of what, what do the judges want? How can I win this? You know, yeah. it's just a passion project, which clearly, you know, made it really spectacular. And the passion comes out
4: from that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. I love, I love that. Cause the idea for me, when all these people talk about their customs, it's like,
0: oh gosh, I'm going to do
4: it in the last month or, you know, in the next eight months and I'm like, I can't do that. But if I have a plan, like he said, oh, this is just a passion project. It's something I've been planning and work towards right. that. And hey, whatever Friar Fest comes after that.
1: Perfect. Right. Right. All right. We uh, we are going to take a break and we'll be right back with the news. News.
0: The Mayors in Black would like to thank our newest patrons, Shannon Hampson, Tiffany Rufo. Shannon Tostanowski. And as always, our Herd Nerds Allison Perez, Andrea Brigadier, Ann Field, Ann Hudson, Ashley J., Bree Cundiff, Brianna Ashcar, Chris Walbrook, CJC, Cynthia Wyatt Briley Danny Boyko, Danielle Feldman, Darlene Stoddard, Eclectic Equines, Elaine Boardway, Dale Berg, Haley Walker, Heather Bullock, Heather Jackson Lane, Heather Wisner, Heather Zeiger, Jana Wright, Jenny Lambert, Jennifer Wilson, Julie Ward, Katie Niles, Kelly Weimer, Kenzie Williamson, Chrysalis Studios, Katie Murata, Laura Heidkamp, Levi Kroll, Lisa Esping, Lori Larson, Mackenzie Ferguson, Madison Parkinson. Maeve King-Devery, Mary Reardon, Megan Smith, Megan Rochelle, Mel Boynes, Melissa Addison, Melissa Hart, Michael Price, Nakani Mead, Robbie Ramirez, Samantha Bucker, Sandra Gibson, Susan Boyer, Tammy Blankenship, Taylor Brookman, Teresa Bazell, Tracy Calamar, and Yashka Hallen. The Mayor's Thank You,
1: are back with the news um uh, as always Mears and black news is first because it's our podcast yay <laughs> uh we have a patreon patreon.com slash and black uh we do all sorts of fun stuff we have monthly zooms we have a discord server where we all chat and um show off our work and show off our pets and, and all ask sorts for of fun emotional stuff. support that's <laughs> for emotional support seriously via
4: pictures of pets <laughs> <laughs>
1: via via uh via pictures of lizards um
3: yes and puppers.
1: uh what was i gonna say oh and uh for patrons during briar fest we're doing giveaways uh we'll be do- doing giveaways on our nightly streams for everybody but also especially for patrons so that's another nice little uh little uh benefit uh we're also talking talking about doing a movie night once once a month where we can all just Ooh. you know kind of crowd watch a movie together yeah um, can we just
3: can we crowd watch new girl
1: oh my lord wouldn't that be fun <laughs> I, keep, I, I i keep threatening robbie with watching drag race on twitch with him i oh, <laughs> haven't seen
3: that yet
1: oh uh and we're also as i was saying before we're doing the nightly news um uh, we are appearing at BriarFest, but uh, we're still doing it the night after we wrap up. Uh, we'll do a little 30, 45 minute, you know, view of the day and take questions and do our giveaways and stuff like that. Do you know we're what you're also- giving away yet? Uh, so I know um, I've got the a micro from Maggie, who's one of our giveaways. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of medallions we're giving away. There's a couple of OF plastics we're giving away that I got for judging a photo show (gasps) for Briar. So they're new. They're some of the new stuff. Um, Yeah. So it's like, we'll, we'll be giving away two things, two or three things every night. Awesome. Uh, We're also going to have brat. Good good one. (laughs) We're also gonna have swag for briar Fest. Uh we have we're stocking the pink shirts, which is the is the dark pink with the light pink logo. Uh we're also doing the Mayors of Black Diversity logo shirts. Um uh, I think we're gonna take all the sales from that and donate it to the Trevor Project. Um thank you. Uh yeah. It, we also have like keychains and stickers and buttons and magnets and totes. I don't think we have any hats. Hats didn't sell very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so there will be a ton of swag. I got to talk to Jackie this weekend. I haven't wanted to bother her about stocking the store. So, so that should be up soon.
3: Awesome. Um,
1: and as, as I mentioned before, we are going to be at Briarfest. Fest. We are there for two days. I believe we're, it's Friday and Saturday. Um, if you check out the blog, I have a link to the TikTok that Jocelyn made us, which is awesome. It's set to back in black by ACDC. And it's great. <laughs> way- <laughs> Well, it's way How did cooler. You score than- that? We were, so we were on the phone with, um, with Jamie and Kat, who are, for people that don't know, are the, uh, event planners, uh, for BriarFest and all the other Briar, um, events. And we were kind of talking, tossing around ideas. And I was like, wouldn't it be funny to maybe have some black mares on the counter or, you know, all the black That's mirrors and progress right. had made. And they gave, they tossed that idea to Jocelyn, who started the beginning of the, the video with uh going p- past the um all the black mirrors and I think it was Kat that suggested back black. So pretty funny. Awesome. Awesome. So Namsa. Namsa is still looking for a president and a VP. And you know, guys, if they don't have a president and a VP, the organization is going to have to fold, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I it, I I have very complicated feelings about that about the organization because I've I was involved in it for so long, but you know, you're without nationals, you know, there's no more big organization to qualify for to look forward to. Um it's it's not an easy job and it should be. Like emotionally anyway, <laughs> and that's why no one wants to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So All right, here comes the good stuff. Briar. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So Birds of a Feather rolls on. They just drew the um the lottery for metal art yesterday. Did you get one? I did not, did you? I did not. No. It's nah. not my thing, but I
4: thought it was really pretty. A friend of a friend of mine got one so I'll be able to see
1: it in hand. Yeah. Jackie and I talk, talk a lot about uh, that. We think these, they're, they are making more, but we know less and less people that are getting them. So Mm, it seems like a lot more people are entering to win this stuff. Um, Meadowlark uh, is a um, Tobiano. It's Palomino, right? I don't have my link open. I
4: I think it is. Yeah.
1: It's a, palmino tobiano uh tennessee walking horse it's on the bluegrass bandit mold um it's very intricate it's got a blue eye at least one that i could tell from this side uh did i say it's named metal lark metal you lark. did uh it's got pinking on the nose and uh like i said it's already been drawn so uh congratulations to anybody that got one <laughs> i know i saw one ton of them go already go up for flip yesterday so (gasps) oh i have not seen that Muybridge bridge is uh a reveal they did earlier this week for the friday raffle horse i want to say yes um and edward uh bridge was an english photographer known for his pioneering work in photographic studies of motion uh whenever you see those uh horses in frame Galloping like an animation. That's that's a homage or actual footage from Moybridge. And it's a you may say Moybridge, I'm not sure. Um anyway, this is a uh Splash I- Icelandic pony. Uh I think it's a silver silver black splash with a blue eye. So he's he's he looks very much like an Oreo cookie. He's very cute. He's cute. I love his uh I love his mane. His mane's very silvery.
4: I think he did he have a little bit of mapping? My link isn't popping up.
1: Yep. He's got yeah. some mapping around the barrel, around the face, um, <laughs> the two white legs in front. And then his tushy is totally white. Uh the second horse just like uh revealed like minutes before we started recording. Oh, and I didn't say we were recording. It is July first. Um, and it is uh the Saturday raffle model. And it's Roxy in what would you call that? Like, it's not really liver chestnut. Yeah, because it's got a little bit fla- little bit of flaxen in the mane and the tail. Yeah, it's got some flaxen. It's got dark legs. It's gorgeous. Oh my god, it's silver bay. That's why. Okay, I wondered. I okay. my first my first because it's very it's very subtle. Um, so mm-hmm. my first thing was to say oh that's like tostado chestnut but uh this is bone boner obviously an homage to rosa who uh who drew or painted the horse fair and plowing in uh never days so yeah yeah, so this is uh this really pretty horse looks like it's got one white sock and some white markings on the face and it's glossy like glossy glossy glossy
4: i wish they'd done a um a head on shot because that, that whatever it has on its face, some laser stripe looks precious.
1: Yeah, it does. It looks like there's a bullet hole at least in part of it. It's like that what right on the it? nasal bone. Yeah. So, so yay for that. Mm-hmm. Somewhere Aaron Corbett has hyperventilated and passed out. <laughs> someone, re- someone revive her, please. Uh, and then we got, uh, we got a sneak at auction lots. We, I, I think these are silent auction pieces. Um, we haven't seen any of the, the new or created for, Briarfest 2021 auction horses. So there's a for this there's a, a full set of seven art surprise models. Um, mm-hmm. There are a set of the custom contest horses, the Emerson, and the Little Morgan um there is a customized Basker Basker curly um i thought so this is cool i thought it was uh flopped for a minute when i first yeah. saw the picture um so this is donated by emily oaks of moonfire equine art um he's very there cute is, yeah there's a painting of picasso by jane tilton and then a complete set of sailor models, which was the Vintage Club running stallions in the decorator colors. So, yeah. Do you think those, I, so I'm not, I'm
4: still learning vintage stuff and whatnot. Do you think those will go for a lot, the last four
1: or the last? No, well, I mean, I think they'll go for a decent amount, but they were released yeah. by the Vintage Club. So they're, A, they're not truly vintage. Mm-hmm. And B, they were like, I believe the Vintage Club is 500. So there's, um, I don't know if it was 500 each or 500 total, so I think it's mm-hmm. 500 members, so there's 500 each of those. I believe someone could gotcha. correct me if I'm wrong, or maybe not, though, no, because they did a gambler's choice, yeah. So
3: okay. 500,
1: 500 divided by four that's how many of each there are. Maybe <laughs> fire likes to mess with the numbers sometimes, so I don't know. It's like, uh. With the Shires, they did that way. The The blue Copenhagen is the rarest one. Like, it seems like there's a butt-ton of gold charms and not many of those Copenhagens, so...
3: It's, okay, glossy. So, Copenhagen is the denim-looking one?
1: No, the denim-looking one is Wedgwood. Wedgwood, got it. Okay, so it's supposed to be based on, like, uh, Wedgwood China okay if you think okay. about that with the cameos and stuff like that copenhagen is based on that um the the metal um uh what's the word for it dinnerware or they make big crock pots out of it and 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 bowls and stuff and so it's kind of that deep blue with the spatter white on it do you know gotcha. what i'm talking about no but okay <laughs> <laughs> and then the gold charm for my turn it's it's kind of vintage it's before my time too so oh, okay. but it's a it's like a look like and that's what it's called it's called copenhagen gotcha um, it's not pottery it's metalware so uh the gold charm is the solid gold and then the uh the one on the end is uh with the spatter is uh florentine okay so yeah quick lesson in decorator's if you see those in a shop anywhere on vintage molds. Grab them. If they're cheap, grab them. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter the condition, you can get them restored. But, you know, those horses regularly go for, lately I've been seeing them go for between two and $4,000. so Jeez. Yeah. Because, well, because nobody bought them when they came out. They thought they were ugly. So a bunch uh-huh. of them got painted over. And if you find them in the wild, they're really valuable now. Oh, awesome uh and finally there is uh beyond us we know that the kellys are doing a tour of the the vault the briar vault the test run room uh the archive room as they call it um there's also a meet and greet with um uh, separately i believe uh, both with mindy berg and christina riley um on Briarfest tv as we've been calling it so that was really so cool. The
4: archive room last year, because I, I have yeah. no knowledge, no like, nothing in in terms of that. I, and I'm I'm guessing lots of us do. So to see some of that and see all of the shelves just lined was like huh, what I imagine heaven might be like with lots more cats at it. They
1: <laughs> yeah, when we so we went up there for Big Easy Bash, which was one of their events, and they mm-hmm. let us roam around the archive room for a few minutes, and you know, it was just you could hear the angels singing. Yes. All, all you could hear in the rooms was just like these hushed kind of reverential tones and every once in a while, a oh! <laughs> you know, when someone would find something that was, you know, super crazy. And and what was wild about it, it was there was a whole area that was just draped in cloth that you couldn't look at. That was, you know, oh. was like, what's it there? I want to Behind know the today. veil.
4: Like that that harry potter movie where you can't
1: look behind a veil or book sorry yeah we just fall through like serious (laughs) uh briar also sent out the newsletter um and it's got uh it's (laughs) it's got uh, a feature story called in these unprecedented times which jocelyn's a skink for putting that in there we'll get to that when we talk about briar fest bingo um they're yes. also doing a june giveaway um for uh for a latigo checkers this is the chestnut solid chestnut latigo um fireheart is shipping late they wanted to let everybody know that too it will probably start uh shipping the seventh it's and gonna be so I mean, worth it oh my god i know when it's it beautiful in. i can't wait to get my mitts on it yeah um, and they're also doing a collectors club showcase. So your newsletter, if you're part of the collectors club, should be in your email box. So check it out. Now, on to Briarfest related events. Uh, Mirror's Black has a directory. We're still getting entries. People are artists are emailing us at, to add their stuff. Um, wherever I can find people announcing their stuff, or if they, you know, email us at info@mearsblack.com and give us the particulars. This list. Uh goes from Thursday through Sunday and lists what artists are showcasing stuff, selling stuff, and when. Um, if they don't give me anything particular, it just says TBD. They may just do stuff all weekend and they don't know. So
4: that's so. that list is really helpful because I'm like, I still, you know, this is will be my my third, no, my sorry, my second prior fest. And so I'm just like, oh, my God, there's so much going on. But to have this as like a roadmap,
1: roadmap, right. is that the
4: right
3: word?
1: Something like that. It's right. great. So thank you. It's, um, so you haven't, you haven't done it in person yet, one? I
3: haven't.
4: And it, oh. it coincides almost right with Pony Finals. And so my dream has always been to do Briar Fest and then Pony
1: Finals. Oh, me too. I've, I've wanted to go to Pony Finals and just hang out for Briar Fest because ponies.
4: Right, one year they I think they overlapped and they were like, "Oh, we will never do that again because the amount of children and and squeeing and all the things."
1: fest used to go later oh, in did it. July. It used to go like the third week in July, and they've moved it. Yeah. And I think it's because of pony finals. Pony finals. <laughs> they were like, "No, <laughs> no." Um. So also brie who uh is one of our patrons, did a did a cute little. What <laughs> what Briar Fest special run are you? You know, you see all those um um
3: it's like BuzzFeed quizzes, what Chips creek character are you?
1: Right. <laughs> um or like the zodiac sign or you know oh, stuff yeah. like that. So so she decided to do it with the special run. So um so she did Uffington, Peshi Grand Cavallo, Surat, Ansel, Tacilli, uh Canossus, The Seven Arts Surprise, and Pollock. Which one are you? I, you know, I kind of want to say I'm Gran Cavallo. But really, I'm probably just (laughs) Pollock.
4: I think I ended up being Syrah just place, take the Starbucks out and put like Dunkin' Donuts or the local coffee shop.
1: Like there's, like they say in The Matrix, there's, you know, the digital projection of yourself (laughs) in your mind of what you think you are. But really, you're just a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So, yeah, so so let us know who you are because we would love to we would love to hear it. Bree Bree's so creative. She comes up with so much funny stuff. Um The bro- who would Jackie be? Jackie would be uh, I don't have it memorized enough to know. I don't have it open either. That's what your list is
3: for, darling. I know. <laughs>
1: She might be too silly, a little bit obsessed with fictional (laughs) characters. Yes. Uh, (laughs) um. But she also Mm -hmm. might straight up eat you alive. So, okay. Now let's talk about Briar Fest Bingo. So we referred to Briar Fest Bingo at the head of the show. Um, We have two versions we have um the pg-13 let's talk about that first aaron no no posted- no
3: first we need to talk about who inspired Briarfest fest bingo how did you do that um
4: what did aaron say aaron said something like oh my gosh if i hear another something 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 about Briarfest, fest like i'm gonna whatever and i was like oh that sounds like a really good being like we should do a briar fest bingo with this and she was like a brb and then created it like an hour
1: <laughs> later <laughs> so i'll post a link to it on my blog or I'll, I, I this is actually on aaron's private page so i may just steal the picture and post it on the blog so everybody can see it but it's it's a you know your standard five by five bingo card with you know some of the crazy stuff that happens at Briarfest fest a lot like it's it, it's a meme um one of them is heather <laughs> I heard Jackie accidentally swear during the live feed.
4: Uh, um, I hope that happens.
1: Um, this is so. There's some language in here. This is not for kids. Briar employee swears during the live feed. Aaron gets canned on Pamosus and tells Facebook about it. <laughs> uh, you or your friends wins a raffle. Model Palomine sighting. You know, open show drama. The typical <laughs> auction. John sighting we better get uh, do, ox and john yeah do we know like maybe he's the final reveal so <laughs> when we when we like i said when we were talking to uh when we were talking to uh cat and jamie i was like are we getting ox and john and they were like maybe they were very coy about it so yeah tony's sighting i think is not going to be that hard because he wrapped up <laughs> that's uh, right Briarfest last year but uh but what? Where's the one about these unprecedented times? Somebody, Somebody on the live feed says in the unprecedented times, and so <laughs> the newsletter came out and had that word, that headline on a. you already marked but that's not that's not on the live feed though. They were saying it counts, but uh, I don't think it does.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I feel I feel like seventy five percent of these will probably happen, and it's going to be like in two seconds on the first day. No, some of this has, some of this has to wait.
1: Well, we'll know, I guess, no, we won't know the seven arts thing until they shit, probably. They're probably sitting on them like they did last year. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. And didn't somebody already show murder
4: in their diorama entry?
1: Like, wasn't there already an Instagram post on that? If there was, I missed it, but that would be awesome. If somebody yeah, already, I, already got a square because they murdered somebody in their diorama.
4: Yeah, I I think i think that's happened if i'm not
1: incorrect the other bingo i have is from uh margaret uh Jergensmeyer, and she has uh she has a pg one um and hers are all one well there's one that's all molds for a Briarfest bingo
3: ooh, ooh.
1: So it's like Icelandic, Stockbreed, Classic, John Henry, Pine Sippo Bar, blah, blah, blah. This would be kind of fun to do with the kids.
4: Yeah, I'm glad there's a G-rated one, too.
1: Yeah, and, and the other one is it has some different molds on it. So, you know, if I, it, it it looks like this would be more in use for for the reveals rather than the actual event. So, mm-hmm. or you could just, you know... Do it when you go room shopping, virtual room shopping, and be like, "I bought this, that, the other." (laughs) Oh crap!
3: Um, Do you have a link to that, or will
1: Uh, I? I will have it on the blog. Cool. Because she actually uh, emailed it to me, and I didn't put it in because I suck. Okay, Uh, what's this
4: thing under the the under the PG thirteen? The list says Raven
1: signed fireheart giveaway so yeah so as an event raven i mean raven's got her event that she's having during briar fest um and we've already talked about it but i didn't realize till i talked to her uh recently that she is giving she's doing giveaways for fireheart which she obviously uh sculpted um and she is gonna give away her signed copies like they that's how I believe they compensate with a bunch of the models that you can yeah. uh give away. So she will sign them and uh give them away.
4: Um is that in any way related to bingo or just in
1: general giveaway? No, in general. No, oh, it has got yeah. nothing to do with bingo. It's just no. it's just abbreviated the wrong way. Gotcha. I no bingo connection. Although got she it. might yeah. do a bingo. Who knows? I mean Raven's creative. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I can give away minion things for winners.
1: (laughs) Oh, I meant to ask you. So have you been mischief has not been managed. Mischief has
4: yeah, minion mischief has not been managed with Jackie. Yeah, it's it's sitting on the to-go out to the mail
1: table. Uh Stone Velocity we talked about this last time. I just wanted to touch on it again. It's August 26th through 28th, 2021. Um they have put out the schedule and uh that's up on the blog if you want to check it out. I don't have any real new news from Stone. Um, I have new news. What? Um tell us.
4: I am I am now addicted to stone. <laughs>
1: Uh-oh.
4: I swore to myself I would not get into this and I bought my first chips the other day. And it's oh. so freaking cute. And so I'm, I'm hoping. What did you to, get? It's um, it's a little chips. It's on the quarter horse mold. It's the Gruya Cody B. Smoking. I think they're like nice. know, fifty made or something. But he's cute, and he's got little striping on his little feet or on his um legs. Um, so I'm actually kind of excited to see some of the equilosity stuff
3: happen. I,
1: yeah, I've seen. I've been watching Carolyn, uh, Carolyn Boydston uh, paint whatever mm-hmm. she's doing i don't know if it's for equilocity or the next best offers but god they're beautiful
4: i sheepishly put a bid in on a best offer and one of her it was one of hers and i it, it was a very low bid but i was like learning <laughs> the learning experience um i didn't get it
1: <laughs> no no people like people people pay big big bucks yeah. for Carolyn's horses. yeah Uh, we don't have any news from Copper Fox. Uh, I have a go back for Briar, though. We know that the program is coming out today. Oh, it's today?
3: I I believe
1: so. I believe it's today and it or maybe it's tomorrow. Maybe it's the auction horses should be in there.
3: Ooh. Ooh.
1: (laughs) Or will they? We will have to see. Dun 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 dun. Um, moving on to others. So last night, um, HRCC Hagen Renaker Collectors Club had their online fellowship for 2021. Um, we already reported that they announced the dates for next year. It's going to be in March, I believe. Um, but uh, uh, Christina debuted some new stuff. Pardon the pun, because debut has been discontinued, which is the <laughs> little Arabian stallion in the gray colorway. But they are making. The mini um, Maureen Love Quarter Horse mare in the debut colorway for for this year, and it is beautiful. It's this beautiful white smoke color, gorgeous. Well, crap! Um, now I gotta go go collect China. You need to. You need to join. You need to join. Uh, uh, yeah. There's so many I nice do. horses. Uh, so as I said, debut is discontinued, replaced by the mini Quarter Horse mare. Um. She also debuted a Kelso as a mare with Vanguard as uh, her foal in steel gray, like the the vintage color. Um, and that being said, she let us all know that the paint that uh, has been used uh, by her and by everybody uh, glazing, um, trying to get the Hagen-Reniker look has been discontinued and she's going to have to formulate all her all of her colors all over again with paints that are uh still being made um and she seemed upbeat about it but uh i could tell that uh she's incredibly disappointed and stressed out over it and i i got the sense that she is worried about uh, being able to match uh the brilliance she got before she mentioned something about doing some tests and having some muddy results so it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a, a hike for Christina and I don't en- envy her in trying to, uh, trying to recover kind of her production line because that's a ton of work. Um, so good luck. Um, and she also forgot on her, <laughs> on her feed to show a, she was going to, and forgot a scamper chestnut splash bowl. Um, but that's all available on um the HR uh collectors club page for you to look at. And you have to be a member to see it. So All right. Just for giggles, I um NBC dropped the equestrian schedule for uh the Olympics, so just because we're all horse nuts, uh I also linked that on the blog so you can track when the individual and team Um, events are going. I, I just saw a post from Charlotte Dujardin that she has been selected for the, uh, British team and she is taking pumpkin as her horse, which I, I'd love. If anyone knows listening to this show, I just love pumpkin. Pumpkin's this little round, warm blood. It's not like any, you know, usually like Vallejo and, uh, her other horses are these big leggy, you know, kind of reachy warm bloods pumpkin looks like pumpkin he's braille, oh my gosh he's it looks small. like a pony <laughs> he does he does and oh. i briar's gotta make a pumpkin mold
3: please wow
1: he's crazy. so i'm super excited about pum- pumpkin going to the olympics Woo!
3: yay pumpkin
1: uh we also have sad news. Harry Harry Dallaire, who was the owner of Snowman, has passed away. He was a uh, pretty ripe old age, but it's always sad when we lose somebody from The Horse World and the Hobby. Uh Briar made the snowman mold. Like a few years ago to go along with the snowman movie. There was a movie. So it's a good documentary. I watched it. Yeah, it was good. Um I
4: think in the Wheeler Museum they have a whole little setup for Harry and and snowman and they have the briar horses on it yeah i know i think they have jim twist on there too and i'm like "Mm, that's not snowman but okay
1: (laughs) it works they were like white horse whatever yeah (laughs) they made him in several molds yeah uh we also have this bowl is so cute um Celtic knot studios holly connor has this little kind of rearing twisting fuzzy drafty looking pole. it poison. is
4: darling oh my god isn't gosh. it i love the Look
1: yeah the fur. Is i love the the the, the fur texture is just awesome yeah. um, it's hot off the printer uh it's still got its little sprue attachments on it but it's just so cute Ugh. it's so cute i need one of these oh my god. I love the fur on the offside too. It's just, it's, it, yeah. You know, just want to touch it. Yeah.
4: I would that uh, be hard to paint? I'm again. I'm still not great at
1: painting. I I don't know. That's an artist question. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. I, I have my elf one sitting on the sh- shelf over there. And it's like the perfect hand size, and I kind of want to try painting it myself. But it's like I don't know if I should jump off the deep end with something yeah. that's so furry. Because yeah. to me, there's undercoat. Their, their coat color probably changes color through the hairs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I'm not, I wouldn't be comfortable trying to represent that realistically. Like, okay. um, Christina Riley uh, has a Takeshi that she's painted pride colors, rainbows, and it is to benefit uh, the Trevor Project. That's awesome yeah it's really cool if you too. look on her instagram uh her whole instagram page uh she has a full shot of him i'll put that on the blog um but it's got a uh, rainbow mane and tail uh mane and tail fins not sure things appendages <laughs> extensions um and the body the body's really interesting it almost looks like uh what do you call it an acrylic pour type of situation or, or yeah or a sp- Spatter, like the white looks a little spattery. Uh, you know, no, it yeah. does look like pour. Like, well, the actual colors look like a pour or it's something pour. like that to me. And then she looks like she went over it. But this is really cool. I have not yeah. seen one that looks like this. So, yeah. So awesome.
3: It's awesome. Yeah. I think I saw the in progress and I was just
4: amazed yeah. by the in progresses, in progresses, in progress pictures. Yeah. There's a little bit of pour and then. Yeah, that's a, a paint over it. So cool.
1: Uh, Maya Pierce, who has moved to my neck of the woods, and I'm excited about that, uh, has an Oakley in progress. It's a black leopard Appaloosa, hair by hair. It looks painstaking. She has a picture of the brush in the shot, and it basically looks like, you know, everybody jokes about painting with a cat whisker. It looks like a brush with a cat whisker in it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> which i have tried painting with one of my cat's whiskers it is incredibly
1: hard i don't know if people were just joking or if that's serious um
3: but i, tried I think that some
1: people were serious the artist friends i've talked to, to are talk yeah. like you know paint with a cat whisker. give me a break
3: <laughs> they but, make
1: brushes that small <laughs> yeah but to have
4: control over a brush that's that small is is insane that's that's right. talent
1: well, and you, yeah and you look at like look at just right around the face marking on the I face know. all those little tiny ticks. it's just crazy this, this little whirl yeah oh oh yes i wonder i wonder what she's gonna paint the surrounding looks like she's painting it gold if i look if i go up a level so cool uh, and finally, uh, for Raven, uh, Raven is going to uh, open up her Medallion Club signups on July 1st. That's today. Um, that runs through, through the 18th um, with discounts on unpainted resins and medallion sales for members and a medallion box every two months. So that's I mean, that's pretty cool. I was like, I don't know how she does the medallion a month, but now I know because she does it every two months. um tons of new medallions including a canadian trio fighting mustangs an adorable chibi pegasus named pancake with some googly eyes (laughs) some with glass googly eyes cast in zato the uh, muleography mule and uh lots more so um if you are super into medallions uh raven is the got the club for you All right, that is it for the news, and uh, we will take a break, and we will be right back with All About Katie.
0: Bridal Tree Studios welcomes you to join their Artisan's Gallery sales event, BriarFest Weekend. Sales will go live at 9 a.m. PST on Friday, July 16th, and will run through the weekend. Bridal Tree Studios will be offering painted pieces in several scales, traditional, micro-mini, and stablemate, both artist resin and custom plastic. There will also be a selection of painted medallions for purchase. All painted pieces will include a BriarFest exclusive resin duck sprout included in their orders along with extra little goodies. All sales will take place via the bridaltreestudios.com website. Some items will be listed for straight sale and others for offers through BriarFest weekend. A video gallery preview will be released the week of BriarFest before the sale via Facebook and Instagram as well as the studio website. Featuring all pieces that will be available throughout the weekend. For more information, visit Studios.com or at bridaltreestudios on social media. You're listening to the Mares in Black podcast.
1: All right, we're back and we are going to talk to Katie about her hobby journey and uh, some. Uh, pride stuff so uh so how do you want to start katie
4: um i can tell you who i am and where i'm from um that would be great i i can be a t- quite a talker uh so just let me know if it's too much um so i my my name's katie i my pronouns are she they and i self-identify as genderqueer and bisexual um i grew up in the south in south carolina where oh, really you know, i'm from yeah. georgia i y'all oh, i know i hear it
1: y'all i Which, can you hear the twang? i, oh, I, I hide it really good
4: <laughs> um yeah we we're taught to hide it really really good yes. um where in georgia
1: atlanta where in atlanta A downtown i was born oh. well here's the thing i'm an army brat so i'm not ah. really from anywhere my yeah. family is from georgia uh, my grandparents were in Stone Mountain. My mm-hmm. aunt and uncle are in um, Roswell. Historically, uh, a bunch of my father's side of the family is from Millageville, which oh, is yeah. the old, the old capital before the Civil War. Um, yeah, they're like nine, ten generations of Malones in Whoa. in Georgia. Yeah, like I don't know what boat we came over, with, but it was really. <laughs>
4: yeah yeah (laughs) that's my dad's side of the family's like that in tennessee and um in in knoxville and fair right you
1: say it right oh i know Um, so uh, i was born uh in atlanta uh at george baptist hospital and literally when i was three months old we got stationed in germany and i left the country gotcha okay yeah it's not about me this is about you
4: (laughs) this is this is the the secrets of being a therapist. I'm also a therapist. (laughs) I, and I, go ahead. Can you share what you do? Yeah. So I'm a psychotherapist, a marriage and family therapist to be specific. Uh, and I, the demographic I work with, I work with a lot of people who have anxiety, depression. Most therapists do that. My specific, um, specialty is, um, people struggling with uh, gender identity or um navigating their gender journey. So that could be non-binary, that could be transgender, that could be any not just coming out. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. And and helping a lot of times helping teens and kids navigate that with their parents or That's young adults.
1: Excellent because I I am sure that is confusing as hell for kids that don't know why they're feeling the way they are. Yeah, it, it,
4: it's It's crazy what happens to us and what our bodies do when we're not our true authentic selves, yeah, um, and the lives we tend to lead when we aren't and um yeah, I've seen plenty of people's bodies either shut down health in health wise or emotionally because they're not living out who they truly are in their identity right. uh, gender identity um but yeah, so part of all of this too, is I'm on a gender journey, and um growing up in the south it's very much uh if you're born female this is how you are you go to school
3: um, absolutely
4: and it's still like that it's it's getting better i don't want to you know over exaggerate um but my mom expected me to be
1: married um yep. go to i go to school go to, to college, get my find a man join a sorority get married yes. have children
4: yes 2.5 kids white picket fence yep. absolutely um,
1: you go join to school to get,
4: oh oh my gosh I have a soapbox about that. It's a good thing, but people people have tried to get, tried to push me to join junior league. And I'm like, that is not me. I'm all about volunteering and charity. So for, for me, it was you go to school to get your MRS degree. Um, and that wasn't me. And my mom was even like, are you gay? And that was not a good thing for her. I was like, no, I'm just not interested. Yeah. I just wasn't interested. Um, in relationships at yeah. that time. But, and I and I have what's called, what we call gender dysphoria. Mine's very, um, very mild. Um, and gender dysphoria means I don't feel quite right in the body that I'm in. Um, mm. This may be too much information, so it can be edited out, but my chest just doesn't feel right to me. Um, but I'm not going to go and get top surgery because to me, that doesn't feel right either. So I just right. wear sports, I just wear sports bras because that feels right to me. And I wear my nice right. butt, bu- button up, short sleeve button ups because that feels not very feminine, but not too masculine. I feel both. Yeah,
1: I get, yeah, I get that. I mean, I, I, I don't think I've ever had a trouble identifying as a girl, but I know I'm not a girly girl. I've never been a girly yeah. girl. I'm not interested in baby dolls, not interested in Barbie. Horses yeah. was all I ever cared about. Now, you know, for the most part, I like boys, or at least I'm attracted to them. I don't know if I like them, but, um, <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I, I, people have assumed almost my entire life I'm lesbian yeah because that's how I come off and I'm okay with that I don't mind I like girls they're cute but you know yeah
4: um yeah so I was always called a tomboy because yeah baby dolls are a no barbies are a no riding doll like horseback riding dolls fine oh yeah because they and especially the horses um
1: well they were um, a means to an end right they're you know, yes they would set your scene <laughs> up and yeah
4: um, yep. And growing up, I had grand champions. We couldn't afford briars. So I had like one oh, or wow. two briars. Yeah. Um, but I, ha- it's funny because I think I had like
1: a hundred briar.
4: I mean, a hundred grand, tra- grand champions. And if you,
1: I always love hearing about people that didn't have briars. I was very fortunate. Briar was the first thing I got. I immediately mm-hmm. attached to them. And until, until I was, 12 or 13 that's i was like if you're gonna buy me something for christmas or my birthday this is what you buy me i don't want anything else like yeah. that um i think the the three briars i can remember that i got throughout
4: my childhood was um i think it's a g1 little stable mate the little chonky gray and white drafter
1: yeah the g1 drafter the little yeah. belgian looking one Oh yeah.
4: yes um he always, he
1: always he always always reminds me of a little bite size candy bar for some reason <laughs> awesome um
4: i think i had a is it the um stud spider chestnut stud spider pinto i had the um, yeah chestnut. they made
1: it in chestnut too
4: okay so i had that one um and i think the proud arabian mare in um bay pinto it's the other one i had um but yeah so i had a ton of grand champions and i had multiples of the same one too and didn't care because they all had different names. Um, but that's, that's what I did growing up. And I played with boys and I just felt, and I was raised by two older brothers too. So I felt like I have more masculine energy than I do than most people assigned female at birth. Um, so, so for people, yeah. Um, so though I use the word gender queer for myself because I don't feel totally comfortable as just female but i don't feel totally comfortable as just male either that's not right. my identity
3: um,
4: yeah and i i don't i don't like dresses i don't feel comfortable in them um and there are some days where i feel more masculine and i will present more masculine um mm-hmm. i'm still i'm still learning what this all means for me because uh what's amazing for the younger generations today they have this language of yes. uh, transgender non-binary and all these different labels if they choose a label if they want a label sure. sometimes Sometimes the labels aren't helpful, um, but so at, when I moved to California, I started hearing more about these things, and I was like, "Oh my gosh! Like this—that's me. That's how I am." And and it just feels—I feel more at home with myself. Only in the last couple of months have I started using the pronouns she, they, uh, more so just to try things out and see if that fits for me. Um, so um, if you or anybody else sees me and they're like, "Oh gosh, I don't know how to use she, they," what does that mean? That means for me. It's different for each person that means for me you can use she her hers and they them theirs um some people want you to mix and use both I'm okay with either
3: so um yeah and I only learned that I was bisexual like about four four or five years ago um
4: because again in the south there is only most of the time there's only one way to live and that's heterosexual yeah. um but yeah I uh, who is it there's a comedian that i think it's alana glasser who says her sexuality is like a cocktail it's like 75 percent hetero and 25 percent um gay sure. so th- that's kind of how it is for me um but i'm i'm married to a cisgendered man um who loves getting his nails painted though so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean personally i every once in a while i like dressing up and putting on makeup and looking very uh-huh. early but for the most time apart i find all the all the the de with with women and all that they have to go through to be to be presentable just a nightmare. Uh, yes, you know, getting and- getting a manicure, keeping up with your eyebrows. You know, I just, you know, I I don't care about that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I just just mm-hmm. ugh.
4: Um, you might really enjoy a book called "The Body Is Not an Apology" by Sonia Renee Taylor, um, because it's fascinating. She looks at the beauty industry and how what it does to people assigned well, to all people. Uh, all genders um but a lot of times those who are women and present as women um and the, the societal standards and it's just not they yeah. healthy or good they make money off of us to make us feel like we're not enough so if you don't mind me asking um you said you know you grew up tomboy and um or the, sorry that's my word
1: but i was just a horse know. girl i wasn't much horse of a tomboy i didn't like sports unless yeah. it was a i mean i literally yeah. Yeah. i was 24 7 horses my yeah. mother said I came out of the womb like horse, <laughs>
4: <laughs> and um, you said you identify as cisgendered. So it sounds like you and I have similar backgrounds in that you know horses and whatnot, and feeling a little right. bit
3: not dressing. What makes you cisgendered for for you?
1: Um, because I, I for one thing I've just never questioned it. Like okay. uh, you know yeah. I mean, I, 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 in an ancillary way, like, you know, when, especially when the trans movement started really picking up and coming to the forefront of kind of consideration, because mm-hmm. I've always been um, a gay rights activist yeah, and I've always felt very strong. And maybe it's because I'm, you know, a little masculine that I think women should be allowed to be that way. And if men are gay or if men are, uh, you know, feminine, th- that should be fine. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. You know. So I've always felt very strongly about, and I also had liberal parents. I'm from the South, but my parents are liberals. Awesome. Um, (laughs) You know, and they always indulged kind of what I wanted and what my sister wanted. And my sister is exactly cookie cutter. She's wonderful, don't get me wrong, but she's, you know, sorority, master's degree, went to college, found a man, had kids. And there is nothing wrong with that. If no, there's nothing. Her identity, yeah. And she's, you know, she's as much of an ally as I am, right? I mean, when she was in she was in college. She had, she had gay friends that would, you know, dress her up like a giant raggedy Ann and take her clubbing. So, (laughs) Um, but I, but I really, as a, even as a kid, I really attached, I I would always seek really strong female role models, like Wonder Woman when I was like the Linda Carter, Wonder Woman, uh, the bionic woman, Lindsay, um, you know, I was always grasping for these women that controlled their own destiny. You know, yeah. that weren't, you know, that weren't these kind of passive fainting. And that's what I liked about horse girl movies, because usually it was a woman and usually she was on her own journey. Right. Yeah. Um, And horses, I think, play into that model horses because I couldn't have a real horse. I mean, I think yeah. that, you know, the money and us traveling all the time, you know, you can't drag a horse with you to Germany. You can't mm-hmm. drag a horse on, you know, every we would move every three years. so. Yeah. The the briars were a surrogate for that. Like we took lessons and stuff like that, but I, I didn't have my own horse till I was like my own horse that I paid for till I was an adult.
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: So, yeah. So there's that, that freedom. I tore through books, you know, except for the black stallion with uh, Alec, almost all the heroes in my horse books were women. Yeah, Like I love yeah. Gene Slaughter, Dottie and Sam Sabat and stuff like that, but it was almost yeah. always women. So, yeah. Yeah. and so when I look at, you know, role models today, like women, I, I, I find charismatic are always almost uh, if not butch the ones. Michelle Rodriguez is a great example of that. Like, yeah. you know, um, uh, Trinity and um, the matrix, like, just women vary in control of their own power. Yeah. So, so if I was to be a woman, you know, and, and, I'm, and I'm accepting that I'm cis, then that's the kind of woman, you know, that's I want to awesome. emulate, right? Yeah, yeah.
4: That's awesome. I asked um, for your experience as cisgender simply because to point out to people, your experience is your gender and, and what we say, natal sex or what you're designated as. Um, and my experience of my gender, they can sound similar, but feel different right? Oh, absolutely. So, which is, which is awesome. And that's okay. And it's amazing that we have, we can have, like I said, language for this. Um, yeah. Growing up and and being yeah. tomboy and, and having all these things.
1: And I, and I think part of my struggle has been not that I am cis or do I question that I'm cis female or, you know, my attraction levels, because I'm kind of one of these people that oversimplifies and says it's, it's a scale. Right. And I know it's more complex than that, but I just want to, you know, it's, no one's just a hundred percent straight or a hundred percent gay, right? And, you know, I think that's what we're trying to address now is you know what that means, what attraction means, what we're attracted to, and stuff like that. But I, you know, gay was always very when I was uh, coming up and became an uh, you know ally, an advocate, an activist. Um, being gay was just a switch for me, right? Like you're either gay or you're not, right? And <laughs> I I think that was accepted at the time. Now we're, we're talking about the late 80s, early 90s. When transgender started coming on the scene, I tried to apply that same template to it, right? Like, well, it's either a a, a boy that wants to be a girl or a girl that wants to be a boy, right? And so I've had to really adjust my my mindset and it's been great having um, trans people in the hobby to try, you know, and, and gay people in the hobby to talk it through with yeah. and try and get my head around it because, you know, I'm, I'm 52, right. And, and I want to stay young thinking and how I approach uh, people's identities. And sometimes it's, it's not because you want to fit everything in a neat little box yeah. and it just mm-hmm. doesn't work that way. Right. No. Right. Our
4: psychology for, for evolutionary purposes, it's easier when things fix and i fit in a box. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as we grow and evolve individually, we have to realize too, though, that it's not going to fit in a box. You have to feel fit, sit with that discomfort that, oh, it's not quite all this or not quite all that. And that's okay. Um, yeah, so that's, that's me and how I identify and that's you and how you identify and it's, right. and it's, and it's wonderful and everything is, it can be very nuanced and it's just about, Okay. That's okay. That's great. Or not that it's even okay. It's amazing and, and
1: celebrated. Well, and, and if you really look at it, we talk about being raised in the South and how everybody's, you know, put in, put in their box. Right. I mean, I, at the end of the day, we can, the human race came up with this construct yes, and got, you know, got married to it. And that gender, um, sex being a physical or thing, like how you're born and that's biological but the whole construct that this is how you should be because of that, that's all on us, right? Yeah. So if we got rid of those expectations and just let people be, I mean, I mm-hmm. understand we have to have some sort of classification just because we have to name everything, right? As <laughs> the human race. We got to label everything, whether, you know, smart or not. So um, I think if we, and, and I think it's happening in, in more progressive areas that we just kind of have to let go of looking at someone and go oh they're this right and they right. should act like this and i'm gonna get uncomfortable if they don't right right
4: and it, it's, it's okay if you get uncomfortable but you notice that and say okay i'm uncomfortable fine but let me think this through Let mm-hmm. how do i understand this
1: not oh, yeah, shit. yeah <laughs> so uh, so let's switch gears to model mm-hmm. horses yeah. so um you said uh when we were talking earlier this this is your second briar fest so you've had grand champions growing mm-hmm. up when mm-hmm. did you like when did you find the hobby at large online and when did you uh, learn about briar briar fest and all that kind of stuff
4: uh so my niece um i'm not sure how she did it uh she was in south carolina and they have like the Palmetto live shows and whatnot um my niece was helping somebody with their model horses and she was telling me about this. She's like, Katie, have you heard of model horse showing? And I think at the same time, I found something on Pinterest where I was like, oh, those are three gorgeous gray horses at the beach. And I looked, I was like, oh my God,
1: those are model horses.
4: What? Those are Josie yeah.
1: Gingling's yes. Yeah.
4: And and so I did the deep dive on Pinterest and and then my niece- um, Evie kept telling me about these things and she went to the, the show. She's like, they take makeup brushes and they you can't have dust on them. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this sounds amazing. And so I, then I just did. A <laughs> dive. And, uh, what does, what is this? And it took me about, cause I was just finishing grad school. It took me, um, a few years to be in the trenches as a therapist, getting my hours doing, um, you know, over, being
1: overworked and whatnot.
4: And now I had the last two to three years I've had the time, um, and a little more resources
1: to say more uh, disposable income. I'm sure
4: a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I can, uh, and I started off with stable mates cause those are a lot more affordable and tra- easy to travel with. And then, um, I think I joined right after the, t- or I started the hobby right after the 2018 NAMO PAMO. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? And then I did the next NAMO paymo. Um, but I started off with two stone issues. I've since gotten rid of them because I'm quote unquote, not a stone person, but as you guys heard, I picked up my first tips. So I'm going back into that arena. Um, And I fell in love. love
1: I love the ish. I like two of my uh, Pam Hutton customs for issues.
4: Yeah, it's cute. It's super cute, but I, it like, I knew I wouldn't be able to keep up with stone. Uh so I had this to, to go with the stablemate briars to start. Right, right. Um and so um I I live in the Los Angeles area and we have a big halter community. So um a lot of people put on halter classes or halter shows, uh, but not a lot of performance. And performance is really yeah. my is my thing because I saw the setups and I was just blown away. Um and I've I've always love to build things uh when I was younger my dad was into woodworking um and he had his own he was actually an alcoholic so one of his hobbies when he became sober um was to do woodworking so he could keep himself busy yep. and he, he had a huge workbench be- in our um garage and I would go and play I was an, like an unintended five-year-old with all these <laughs> these woodworking right,
1: tools right <laughs> and nobody can, and well, nobody I can. mean. I- I think you're younger than me i'm i'm gen x so i mean nobody mm-hmm. would have cared they would have been like oh play with power tools whatever kid yeah yeah we're we're gonna go out for a while <laughs> you yeah, can stay yeah. here and
4: babysit your
1: sister but mom i'm 10
4: <laughs> um are your parents uh baby boomers
1: no er- okay i am early 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 gen x 1969 okay. so they're technically the yes. generation before but-
4: oh okay yeah so i'm i'm a bit of a an anomaly my mom was born in 42 44 i can't remember so um so you were your gen you said gen z or gen Gen x X. gen x yeah so my brothers are gen x so i was raised in similar mentality um and so uh yep i was unattended all these woodworking tools to mess with them with mess with the saws uh loved it built built really nothing um and then um my father passed away uh, when I was young. And so, and I just hid all of that and repressed it and just said, I'm just going to be this great little kid and do well. And nobody has to stare at me and look at me at this kid who's lost their father at a young age. Um, and then if you repress stuff like that, it comes out to to haunt you in some way, uh, whether, whether we realize it or not. Um, so in college and a little bit older, I started to deal with some of these things and realize, okay, this really impacted me. Um, and I started to get back into woodworking and, uh, realized it was a great way for me to be busy. I'm an act, very active person, um, built a desk, did some other things and, and loved it. And since then I, I have started woodworking with the, with the hobby and doing miniature things. So I've built, um, you've probably heard about, uh, Jim bucks and Anfields, their dolls now have bunk beds or, or lodgepole beds. Right. I, so I built those, um, nice. And it's a cool, yeah, it's a really cool way for me to reconnect back with my, my dad and what he did and realize, hey, like, just right. because something awful happened to me doesn't mean I have to totally forget about it and deny it, but I can um, use this kind of a, as a legacy. So it's really fun. Uh, yeah. I, go ahead. Um, so, yeah, I, I love it. I um, build dollhouse beds. Um, I build jumps. I've got a
1: couple of commissions that I'm very
4: slowly working on. Uh, I've built uh, some of my own jumps for my Fest entries. Yeah, I
1: mean, if you if you make start making obstacles, people are crazy for those. Yeah, yeah, like jumps and poles and dressage boxes and stuff like that. Yeah,
4: um, so that's my um, that's my main presence in the hobby right now. That I'm showing, I do paint some. I did the last two namos um, with pan Pastels, and I'm pleasantly surprised with how they both turned out. I love it. I still paint, um, and I just started painting my this Namo. I did my first resin. <gasps> OMG, painting resins versus painting a briar is yeah. incredible. I loved it. Um, so I'll continue to paint, but it's not one of my things to do commissions. I'll maybe I'll sell some stuff after I paint it, but um, yeah, that's that's where I'm at in the hobby. I did my um maybe I'll put it on my Instagram um since the thing closes tomorrow but I did a little setup of a kid reviewing her course before short stroke class um oh, nice. and, I, and I built the course board and I built the, the fence in the background with little swinging gates
1: so that's cool yeah. yeah definitely put that on your Instagram we'll put it on our blog okay um so what was your first show
4: my first show I think so I got in the hobby like April and I did a show the next month and uh, it was California Dreamin' and there nice. was some, perf- there was some performance. Meredith Warren was there. So um, she showed performance and I, and, and I did too. And I was placed behind her every time because her setups are amazing, but it gave me something to, to work towards. Right. Uh, so uh, yeah, that was my first show, May, 2018 I think and then I did models in the mountains after that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I remember that. Um yeah. so you've never been to Briarfest in person. I haven't.
3: I haven't. It's been a
4: goal
1: of mine like I mentioned like since I was young though. So I would love so to think go you go if they have it next year in person you think you'll go? Yes,
4: yeah, so my friend Julia and I and maybe some other uh LA people have decided there will be a caravan or and or a carpool and nice. uh we'll take models and and drive out there and make it a road trip if i if we can with work and whatnot uh and then hopefully have a briar fest house too with all the patrons the discord members um who who would like to do that uh but yeah i would love to be be
3: awesome
4: i know and and then i think who was it i think anna held said she would stress bake for us and brie would stress bake for (laughs) us (laughs)
1: Yeah, I, I've i done the drive a couple of times uh, with Josh, and then I drove out with Jed Scott um, from Colorado, and that's, that's 22, 24 hours, so. Yeah. Yeah, so California is at least three days, maybe four.
4: Well, and that's the plan to make it, to, to draw it out so that we can stop in Boulder, actually, uh, and then make our way uh, to Kentucky. And then we have cars to bring back all our new models the new swag
1: (laughs) so jackie and i would always say because sometimes i fly up to new jersey and drive in with her um so uh we'd always say oh you know we'll have room in the car and we never have room in the car and then we have to go find a fedex and ship everything
4: yeah i'm worried that's gonna happen especially if it's more than two of us and i think it's going to be like four,
1: (laughs) four to six of us um so part of the reason I I really love the hobby is I can be my weirdest self in the hobby, right? Um, yeah. I I found friends. Being Army Brad, I was kind of really isolated with uh, my models when we moved around. But about the time we settled in D.C., I found other horse crazy girls that rode that I took lessons with. We went to the same junior high school and, you know, we kind of had this whole amalgamation of you know, model horses, horses, you know, signing pedigrees, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that's, there were, but like, there were boys, but that was kind of not really important to us. Um, and the older I got, like, the more I got into the real horses and I kind of dumped the hobby and, uh, you know, all my horses went into a closet and, yeah. and I had, you know, I was in heavy metal, so I had all these posters all over yeah. my wall and, you know, dressed like somebody who was going to kick your ass at the 7-Eleven. <laughs> um, so when I, finally got, I, when I finally got out of college and, you know, and kind of had a job started settling down, I was kind of like, I wonder what's going on with the hobby. Like, I kind of like doing that. I wonder where my horses are. You know, I typed it into a search engine in 1994 and I was like, Oh hell. Like, yeah. you know, live shows were a thing. NAMSA was about to be a thing. I think that that Namsa was found in 1995 or something. So you know, so yeah. So and I was like you. I was like I found a show, and oddly enough, it was super close. It was you know, this was when I was uh, in Louisiana. Uh, Kim uh, Kim James um, had a had was still having Bodyland Live, and down I went, and that was it for me. I was like this. These are my people, right? Yeah. I I can be a weirdo. I relate to these people, like I. I can't explain to you how, well, I probably can, like finding your click, right? After just like, smack, I found my click. I'm not going anywhere. It's dramatic and it's crappy and it's fun and, you know, the highs and lows of the hobby. This is my, these are my people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I also say that as, you know, it's predominantly straight white women. So, what are your thoughts on the hobby as a safe space for people that aren't straight white women Uh, Um, it also tends to be people with a a, a better set of income mm -hmm. so there's you know and i've had this conversation with with um with some people we've done an episode about classism as the hobby as well which is a whole nother kettle of fish but so what are your thoughts on that
4: uh so you remember how you said you were you grew up being very what was your word not it wasn't stubborn it was like headstrong. Cool, headstrong. Yes. So when I went to the, my first live show, I, I had heard, so I did my research, um, was on all the Facebook groups. I'd kind of heard and seen and observed there, there's some uh, more conservative minded people, not a bad thing. Right. Um, I, uh, was so strong minded. I was like, you know what? I'm going to wear my shirt that says protect trans kids in big bold letters and I'm going to present that this is who I am and, and see what happens. And, uh, s- story strikes, Jillian came up to me and she was just like, I love your shirt. And I was like, oh my gosh, thanks so much. And she had on a rainbow belt. And so we talked to, and had conversation and nobody right. said anything. And so I was like, okay, maybe this is safer than I you know thought. Um, and so far or this far, my experience has been um there are it just it's just like the real horse world. Uh yeah, it's just like the real horse world and really any hobby niche or any hobby group or or click. There are some sure. safe and unsafe spots. Um mine has overall been pretty good in my experiences. Um and the the classism is real for sure. Like I said, I grew up in a single um single parent, a single income um household. So I just had grand champions. I would love to see the hobby more accessible. Um, I, since I'm now in a place where I have more resources, time and, uh, financial, I try to offer sponsorships or I would love to see, and I would love to see more of that. Um, but I don't know how people feel about that. You know, it'd be something to explore. Cause is that just a handout? I, I don't know, but I would love to make, um, things more accessible to other people, uh, like Briarfest, like, uh, mod, different, you know, different models. I love mm-hmm. all the giveaways, the raffles, that kind of stuff.
1: Well, and there's a lot of we've tried to to do it with the mentoring program to pull people mm-hmm. in because we're also um, as much as we talk about you know talk about pride talk about being allies we also want to pull you know pull pull everybody that's kind of un- underrepresented in I think the best time to do it is youth you know what I mean Oh so, yeah and and for sure the classism thing is a problem I keep trying to think of ways that we could you know do do a toy driver, stuff like that. But then I come up with, well, but we don't know who to give it to. Where do mm-hmm. we distribute those models to, right? Do we give it to the Compton Cowboys? Cause that's a new thing that maybe we can, yeah. you know, I mean, like yeah. how do you get that type of sponsorship out there to get more people interested in the hobby and how, yeah. you know.
4: That's, you know, that's a great question too. One of the things I think one step, maybe step one or pre step one is uh, for lack of a better word, promotion marketing. I don't like the mm-hmm. word marketing because um, it's like we're selling something. But at the barn that I, so I've grown up riding horses. Um, it, it's been my therapy. So I, um, in this uh, summer camp will be in a, in a couple of weeks. I'm going to help them paint their own briar, stable mates. And I'm going to do a performance setup and say, hey, look, this is what model horses um, are, are like. There's this whole little niche. And so the teenagers and the younger kids can see it. Um, and maybe doing that at the local shows where we have Compton, yeah. uh, like Compton, some of the Compton sponsored riders come out and ride and having them, you know, see that or just other kids see that and see, hey, this is something I can get into. You know what I thought was a fabulous idea and makes one aspect of it a little more accessible is I think it was the Jennifer show, which I've never been to, but I heard about where you have access to these props and you're given a horse and then you say okay Mm -hmm. what do you do with this i think that's a wonderful idea it levels some of the playing field where you're not if you have more money you're more likely to win right
1: right yeah jennifer put her tack up i loaned some tack to some people um the other people did as well and and, you know and and they just handed out that was part of the entry fee you got your horse and here's the class list yeah you didn't know the horse until the day and here's the tack library, go for it, right? Yes,
4: Uh, and that's, I'm trying to, with Karina's help, set up a tack library here in LA so we can get more
1: people doing performance as well. Um, I think, and I think you brought up a good point with the stablemate painting. I, like, when we do uh, Briar West, when Aaron holds Briar West, they have the stablemate painting. And when we did Pony Up, we had stablemate painting. Um, And nothing pulls, you know, kids in faster than saying, here's a blank horse and some paint go for it. Right. Like you had full families sitting down to paint stable maids. So I think, you know, the only issue is there is you're already at a horse event, right? You're already a stock show. You're already dealing Mm -hmm. with people that are probably their kids know what briars are like, where can we put that, that it, you know?
3: Yeah. Um,
4: That's a great question. I'm I'm not sure. Uh, One idea is we have kids come from our public schools out to the barn to learn about horses uh, and maybe adding in some of the model horse stuff there so that they're exposed to it. Yeah. Do you think, do you think the idea with the, the, like the Jennifer show and the performance setup, do you think being given a random horse for a halter class and then saying, okay, figure out a breed for it. Do you think it would work similarly or no?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, I think, I think what I noticed at Pony Up is the more tactile, the better. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, um, one of the Pony Ups, and, and this is an event that's defunct now for Briar, but we had it at Gladstone, Bucket List. I got to go to the U set on the grounds. Awesome. With, you know, then sit at a table, and I took Jackie's stuff, because Jackie was on the road with Dave for, so I house sat for them. And I took a lot of Jackie's, like, burner tap like not her super high end stuff and just tacked up horses and put them on the table. And the kids just came over and played with them. Yeah. And they were very, you know, they want to take the dolls off and put the halters and do the girds and see if the stirrups works and stuff like that. So, I mean, I think, um, a breed assignment is interesting, but I think yeah. in a, it, it may be too intellectual depending yeah. on the age and interest. True. When you just throw a bunch of stuff out in front of them that they can feel free to play with and mess up and you know and and be curious about i think that you know I, that t- i was packed all day long with just kids like oh
4: that's cool because we had
1: obstacles out and stuff like that
4: yeah and i think conversations like this too is great too because who knows
3: oh, a sure
4: would be like oh guys i have this great idea because you sparked something or you know um just got them thinking
1: yeah i mean you, you know you have in context you have to do it somewhere that's um you know, at least entrance adjacent, you know what yeah. I
3: mean? Yeah.
1: Like whether it's a rodeo or, or, or a you know, stock yeah. show. In wrapping this up, what, what do you have to say about um, hobby and acceptance and your experience in the short time you've been in here and you know, what, what we do well, what we don't do well. It's, it's really, I've been in so ingrained in it for so long you know, it's easy to be like, "Oh, we're a progressive hobby. We're, you know, we welcome people." But you know, when you hear other people's experience, uh, you know, some people don't agree that it's all that bag of chips, and and so you can get barn blind to it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think one of the things the hobby
4: does really well, and it's it's kind of by the individual, you know, uh, is the is welcoming in new people. I know that's not everybody's experience because I've heard and seen some nightmares. For myself, um Meredith Warren and Julia Turner um just kind of took me in um as well as um Susie Francis for the horse show and just said, "Hey, and, and there was a lot of people who took me in really." Um and said, "Hey, this is let me teach you." Um and I can I can still go to them and ask questions and that's been wonderful. Um so and but that's an, that's a case by case, right? That's individual. Sure. Um, and I think accounts like the, the road to Briarfest and helping information get out there so that right. we can, well, so we can learn, um, those of us who are new, so we can learn what all of this is about and being, being open to answering those questions. If you're not new, mm-hmm. um, I think one of the things the hobby can really, we work on again, it's more of an individual thing uh, is it, to reflect, um, to take time and think. Um, am I uncomfortable, and why? And and then be okay if you're, if you're uncomfortable. That's not bad. It's what you do with the discomfort. If you all of a sudden get angry because somebody has called you
1: or scared, this head or
4: normie, yeah, or not normie. Um, I forget the word, but yes, yeah, or get scared. The feelings are fine. You can be upset. You can be scared. Right. You can be uncomfortable. But take a time to reflect on that, and and, and then respond instead of react. Responding is this well thought out process where you're from your executive functioning brain. Reacting is when it's from that reptile brain where you're, oh crap, what do I do? I don't know, I can't be this person. I need to be defensive kind of feel. And that's just humanity, right? We need to take a deep breath and think about, okay, um, how do I respond to this? And you can be honest with people too. Hey, Katie, I don't, I don't know what your pronouns are or, ah, oh, man, I'm so sorry, but you know, how do I handle this? I'm, a, I'm totally okay with that. Not everybody in the genderqueer community is like that but you just come at it from a a humble place and say hey can
3: i ask you this question or um you know and be curious
1: right um all right i think that was a great conversation awesome we'll wrap we'll wrap this up (laughs) um uh uh, i want i want to thank you for joining us um what's your next event do you have a live show on the horizon you know yes people are starting to get out and show so i know so exciting um okay so it's july
4: august september um i um like i said i do my own horse like re- the real horses so i probably have a real horse show coming up in um in august september there's a september model horse show uh i've already forgotten where it is though oh it's the <laughs> bay area it's the bay area i think it uh, jane morehouse and kirsten and aren't and robin kent i think they have they're two-day
1: jay morehouse old school
4: yeah um and i think a group of us from la are gonna go up and uh, awesome dude yeah and do the show um yeah and i've got a couple of jumps i'm working on that i can post on instagram what i'm what what the progress looks like
1: yeah uh all right well we thank you for joining us even though you're still going to be here when we get done talking but that was a really (laughs) great talk
4: yeah thank Uh, you
1: we're gonna Take a break and we'll be right back with Instagram in progress.
0: The mares in black podcast.
1: All right. We're back with Instagram in progress. Uh, the first picture we have is from Emerald model horse PS. I'm not sure what PS photography or something uh, on Instagram. Uh, this is, she makes backgrounds. Um, and I know a while back there was a big tutorial on how to make these backgrounds, but if you don't want to mess with it, this girl makes really good backgrounds.
4: yeah, this is awesome. It's very crisp and very clean,
1: yes, very clean um and it's got uh, a a pole mount on the wall, it's kind of got the typical white arena siding with the with the uh with the beams and then the um the ring wall you know the kit. You know, as I call it, toe kick, so the horse's hooves don't <laughs> gouge up the wall. Um, if you scroll down her Instagram, there are several uh, other examples of her work. They're kind of 3D. They have two walls instead of one on some mm-hmm. of them. So, like if you if you wanted to do uh, a performance entry where you needed to be in a corner, bending into a corner, or something like that, you know, um, you have a little more latitude with with uh, with your image area. Um, so, yeah, so I just thought, you know, this was really cool. I don't think this creator is this creators in Russia. So uh, did, you, did, did you see that this folds down like a
4: book so that you can just carry yes. it? That's yeah. amazing. Yeah,
1: she uh, I, and if you look at her Instagram, she also does pro She does uh, obstacles. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like she's starting to make tacks. So, uh, again, this is emerald.mhps on uh, Instagram.
4: Yeah, I'm gonna follow. Start start
1: following them. I I don't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Rogue Horse Studios. This is a man of Brock This is a uh, a draft horse. that looks like in progress that has a uh, a chicken sitting on its head.
4: It's so cute. You know, I um, you know who it looks like?
1: <laughs> it looks like Fraggle. Oh no, Fraggle. Well, I Fraggle. know,
4: I know. But it. Does this could be lo- an
1: a, in memoriam to Fraggle.
4: Yeah, a little floofy face.
1: Look at Amanda's mane and tail, though. Oh, she slays wow. me. And it, 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 it's a little droopy lip. <laughs> fuzzy ears. She does the best. L-
4: look at the base of that mane, too. Like, you know, a lot of people yeah. just kind of do wrinkles, but it's even got little little hair divots.
1: Yep. At the
3: base of that mane. That's incredible.
1: Yep. And the fuzzy ears. <laughs> so cute. Uh, the next up is Slaughterhouse Studios, who is doing a stablemate CM, and it looks like they've taken the the little thoroughbred that kind of looks like Carrick, um, new stablemate, and changed out the neck, changed out the tail, lengthened the stride, dropped the head, uh, braided it up, and it's looking really good, the tail is banged.
3: Yes. Um,
1: this would be a really good uh piece for stable mate performance. Absolutely. Oh yeah, I can see some Western tech on that and a and a bridge. Oh yeah, it's banded and upbraided. That's cool.
3: I think it is, yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's it's, had, yeah, it's just really,
3: little slow little-
1: tilted Yeah. The the work on the main tail is really great. Mm-hmm um and finally stephanie blaylock is working on uh the Thorn Rose studio um uh the new release i forget what do you remember what she called this i don't the, the, little, the little pegasus with the with the yawning and the fuzzy feet and, and it's laying on a cloud it's so cute oh my gosh i mean it's all- like it's a version of tucker but it's not tucker yeah so so this is looks like a chestnut tobiano with little pastel pink and purple and uh teal wings, gold oh, accents. Yeah. It's just adorable. It's cool. so
3: cute.
4: And I love how Stephanie Black does the eyelashes even though there's not eyelashes there.
3: Yeah.
4: That to me is incredible. Like you don't literally have lashes floating out but like, right. she paints it so that it looks like there are.
3: Yeah. Yeah super
1: thank cute don't want to boop its nose boop its snoot okay uh it's time for us to close the show thank you katie for joining us i know this well, thank is, you this was last minute but i you know we couldn't get it together with poor jackie oh, um, i hope she's feeling better soon feel better jackie uh we are always looking for sponsors and shout outs uh I have overhauled the advertising package, although uh, not much of the pricing has changed. I've just took a, taken out some of the technical stuff that really doesn't apply to us anymore. When we first started, I was like, oh, we're going to do this like a professional podcast. <laughs> uh, you can join our Patreon if you go to patreon.com uh, slash mayors in black. Um, and if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, or any other fine podcast buskers uh you can also follow us on facebook twitter instagram and we are now on tiktok Ooh, what are you on tiktok Ooh. is it just and black it's bears and black awesome our Another latest t- our latest tiktok was a tour of my hutton shelves so mm, i'll have to so get up. on over there and check that out um, And I think that's all we have. We will be back soon uh, because we always accelerate during Briar Fest. We're going to try and get get out uh, two more episodes before I have to hit the road for Jersey. Um, Again, thank you, Katie. You have been a marvelous host. Um, And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks to Bridal Tree Studios and Kenzie Williamson for this episode of Mare's in Black. Please join them for their BriarFest Artisans Gallery debut in 2021. For more information, visit them on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Bridaltree Studios or at bridaltreestudios.com. The Mares in Black podcast, created and hosted by Heather Malone and Jackie Rossi, written by Heather Malone. Produced by Heather Malone, Jackie Rossi, and Joshua Wessner. Edited by Joshua Wessner, engineered at Two Ton Studios. Fulfillment Enforcer, Jackie Rossi.